0: Welcome to Forge Comics,
1: your one-stop shop for discovering more about comic book characters, stories, and general analysis of these epic tales. So join us on this journey across
2: mediums and multiverses to learn more about the amazing world of comics.
0: I'm Trey.
1: This is Jojo. And I'm Petey. Welcome back, guys. We are excited for today's podcast on the Suicide Squad to start off with some comic news. Shang-Chi is coming out this week, and then the Spider-Man 3 trailer dropped. So pretty exciting stuff.
0: And the My Hero Academia movie is coming out. It is the third movie. It'll probably be self-contained and have no impact on the anime or the manga, but that's okay. Still going to watch it. Still going to probably cry. In the theaters, that comes out on October 29th. It's my son's birthday, so happy birthday to him. He's probably not gonna enjoy it. He's only one. And then also releasing later, either later this year or early next year, is a Marvel video game on all major consoles called Midnight Suns, and it is a tactical RPG, which for those of you who are familiar with the genre that is similar to XCOM. And for those of you who are not, they probably won't like this game.
2: So um, over at HBO Max, we've got Titan Season 3. I believe we're on Episode 3 or 4 now. Uh, it's a great series. Make sure you go check it out. And then just to announce some comics that have been surprisingly very good, um, there's a digital first series on DC Universe right now, which is Icon and Rocket. Issue 2 just came out. They're actually calling them Seasons and Episodes for some reason, which I'm not sure why. Um, but the second issue just came out. Uh, pretty awesome so far. And then lastly, just wanted to highlight uh, good old Moon Knight. Uh, The series is starting to take some to get some traction. It got 38 variant covers for the first issue, which is ridiculous. And you get those crazy fans who are trying to collect every variant cover. So 38 times by four, you do the math. And then for the same story, 38 times with a different cover. Uh, Moving on, issue two comes out and issue two did just can't come out, sorry and it's pretty good too so be sure to check out some of those C- series
0: pd trying to rush through that segment so nobody makes fun of him for probably buying half of those
2: <laughs> i didn't buy any of the covers except for the, not one of them thank you very he's much he's like i know <laughs>
0: i know what 30 38 times is i just had to explain <laughs> it to my wife <laughs> no
2: i only bought 30 of them i promise
1: so on this episode we are continuing our talks with uh the theme of redemption arc so last time we talked about eddie brock who more or less is considered an anti-hero and so uh his redemption arc is going to look obviously a little different than this one because we are talking about the suicide squad and with the suicide squad um these guys are basically straight up villains except for maybe you could argue uh rick flag maybe amanda depending on where you stand with that but um so let's kind of go into it so the what we read was burning down the house um which was just a five part series and so um, let's just kind of do a summary here so after the events of justice league versus suicide squad the squad has demanded a shore leave, and even rick flag thinks it's a good idea amanda waller is on suspension leaving harcourt in charge so harcourt is kind of She's a, another character, and she takes over Amanda Waller's position. Um, while the squad is in New Orleans enjoying their very rare time off, so Floyd, dead is visiting his daughter, and Amanda Waller is shot and killed. Um, there is, so I guess the main villain in this is a character named Rustam, or Rustam, don't really know how you pronounce it. Probably doesn't really matter. Rustam. I, um, Rustam. So he is actually I so I did a little bit of research and I don't think it really covers it. It might have glossed over it in, in the series, but him and what he calls the Burning World, so his group of this this villain team, um, they were kind of the first suicide squad that Amanda Waller had put together. So he's coming back for kind of his like vengeance. Um, the, fu- the Suicide Squad first fight against them puts Hack face to face with someone just as powerful as her, with a character named Jin. And so, Hack, if you've never heard of her, she's actually a really, really cool character. I thought she was awesome. She's basically like a human computer, and can like go into like the digitalized world and transport people through that. So, very, very interesting. I say, um,
0: may, uh, don't, don't get too attached yeah although <laughs> yes. i
2: will say her going through the digital world it reminded me of like in the fairly odd parents movie did you guys watch that show back in the day it reminded me of uh timmy turner when he goes through like the channel surfing and is actually like flying through the channels i know that's not relevant at all but that's like the vibes i was getting from the art
1: well who she remind me of is actually one of the characters from Jupiter's legacy. I can't remember her name, but she can like basically travel through phone lines, um, which I thought was pretty cool. But I I do think that this takes it a step above because she's super intelligent as well. She can like hack and stuff. So it's, it's pretty awesome anyways. So part of the burning world uh, squad is, um, a villain named Jin, who's basically the same thing, um, stronger than than Hack probably is. And so after the first failed battle, they found out that Waller had died, and it really basically just gives it away. It hints at the fact that it was a perfect shot, so everyone is- assumes that it was Deadshot. It wasn't much of a shocker, but it's discovered that Deadshot is the one that betrayed the Suicide Squad, and joins the Burning World um, to set because he believed that Rutman would set him free so that he can be with his daughter. So it kind of makes sense. Um, there's a lot of glossing over and a lot of things that kind of happen in the series. Um, so I'll just cover kind of like the big events. Um, so keep in mind that the Suicide Squad members don't have their collars anymore. And throughout this whole series, Captain Boomerang's like really weird. He's acting super odd. He's like being not himself in kind of a boring way. He's he's not the witty and kind of wisecracking person that he usually is, which to me doesn't really make sense why they pick that. But then he decides to kill Hack on the orders of Harcourt Harcourt. Um, which was really, really confusing. Like I said, at this point, they all have the collars off. So even though he's being demanded by Harcourt to do this, he, was it he still fight? has I his...
0: Thought, I thought Rustum turned him off.
1: Oh, Did... sorry. You were, you were absolutely right. It was Rustum that, that took him off because that's how he convinced his dead shot is he gave him his freedom. So, yes, you're correct on that. So at this point, there's another battle, and it's you basically think that it's just Harley Quinn going in herself because um Katana and Rick Flag are captured by the Burning World and so they're all chained up and so Harley Quinn comes in sacrifices herself um you think that she's going for kind of the de- the death blow to Rutman but it was a distraction she actually frees Rick Flag and Katana um you think that Harley Quinn dies but then she reveals by ripping off her shirt that she was wearing a Kevlar vest. And then Katana cuts off Deadshot's hand, which was kind of epic. Um, And then Amanda shows up. So you're just like, what on earth? Because the whole time in the series, it's literally said when Hack looked at her autopsy, 100% dead, 100% her body. There's no way that it's not her. She's dead for sure. So she shows up, and lo and behold, you find out that Deadshot didn't kill Amanda out of, out of betraying her and joining the Burning World. He was actually ordered to shoot her by Amanda herself so that he could be a mole in the Burning World. So then you're thinking, why so much chaos? For what reason would Amanda need to kill herself And put Deadshot in this mess and basically kill a lot of innocent people. Well, you find out that Amanda actually uses Russman's motives to cleanse Washington out with the evil politicians that are part of a secret society organization called The People. So, very, very confusing. Um, It's kind of all over the place. There were some cool parts to this story um, but kind of let's let's kind of jump into what are you guys overall thoughts on this mini Um
2: It's a, definitely an it's an interesting story to
1: take just in a vacuum because it is
2: it's not like it's a, a separate story from the main storyline in Suicide Squad. It's part of the main continuity. So it's just five issues from a story arc. I thought it was there were a couple of good factors. I thought it was kind of confusing. I don't know if it's just because we kind of just took it at face value but it was hard to follow along for the most part
0: yeah i thought um suicide squad is tough in general because it's really hard to get behind their motives we're going to talk about redemption but it's not like it's a group formed you honestly to redeem them you know they're you know, inherently doing the things that they're doing against their will albeit you know working for the government but then the government in this comic book world trade very poorly so they're basically doing the supposed good guys dirty work against their will so it's like the first time that harley yeah here she goes so i think it's the first time harley's talking and she goes i mean it can get kind of oppressive being a bad guy covertly working for the good guys taking out other bad guys because of the brain bombs the good guys illegally and immorally (laughs) not to mention the fact that they're not always doing super black and white good and evil stuff i mean a lot of times they're doing bad things um that's just classified as good because it's f- for the good of the united states and so at the end of the day i read this and i like i the one person i found myself pulling for the one the two people i found myself pulling for one ended up dead and the other one killed it so like <laughs> you know i didn't really care about anybody else i mean we watched killer croc who seemed like a kind of a gentle soul despite eating a lot of dead corpses just i don't like anyone on the team so i'll probably never like the suicide squad that much. see i'm it's
2: funny you say that because i'm different because i actually there's a few characters i like on the team like i think deadshot is really interesting i think um his portrayal in this is fine his portrayal um honestly one of my favorite portrayals of him is actually in the arrowverse uh, with their version of the Suicide Squad, they really lean into the fact that Ford Lawton does all this for his daughter and he's trying to redeem himself because of his daughter. So I, I do like the Suicide Squad. I think there are some cool characters. I think Katana's really cool. She's actually usually more of a hero too. She's not well, a villain.
0: Yeah, her and I will say I like her. I do like her and Rick Flagg, but they're not really, they're not to really me, villains. they're not really part of, they're not villains. No, they're literally government, basically government employees, but they're not really part of the Suicide Squad that I think of.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it, it's hard because the Suicide Squad is—it's like the Justice League. Every member who's questionably gray is going to be on it at some point, and it just so happens that right now they put Katana on it. So, I do—I do think it's worth exploring the Suicide Squad. I to kind of open up one thing in the discussion that I want to say. I think the one thing that the Suicide Squad does offer is the fact of by bringing bad characters and making them do bad things for good people who don't want to do them. It does make you start to question the morality of what's good and what's bad which I think that offers some good exposition and I think that's what the Suicide Squad's trying to do is make you think a little bit more about what is good and what is bad what does that mean what does it mean to be a hero Mm -hmm. um which is this type of conversation from what is the scale of an anti-hero to a villain I think it really is trying to decide does having bad morals but doing good things qualify you to be a good person or not. So I I think there's some good exposition that you can do with the team. And I think it's still worth exploring and talking about for sure.
1: So from my perspective and from what I see is, uh, especially when we're comparing it to Thunderbolt, which we had read earlier on, um, Suicide Squad seems to just have more pure evil villains. Not I guess not pure evil, but more established villains than I would say that Thunderbolts does. Thunderbolts seems to be a mix. There's even, like, heroes that are taking the lead of the team. And as you guys mentioned with Katana and Rick Flag, I guess you can make the argument for Suicide as well. Um, I guess the only thing with Thunderbolts is, at least the series that we read, is Bullseye was an absolute psycho. So, um, pretty dark.
0: the, The Thunderbolts, and I think it is hard to talk about these teams because there are, like Pete said, there's so many iterations that... It's hard to lump them all in in one. I, I just read a 23 plus issues of Thunderbolts that's comprised of Red Hulk, Electra, Punisher, Agent Flash, excuse me, Agent Venom, which is Flash Thompson, and Deadpool. And at that, that's the original iteration, I believe, of the Thunderbolts. And the intention was, similar to X-Force, take the heroes who are willing to get their hands dirty and get the job done for real. You know, okay, Cap's not willing to kill anybody and Batman's not willing to kill anybody. So really the evil is still running around. All right, we're going to go actually put a stop to it. And I actually really appreciate the teams in that sense. For me, I thought Suicide Squad would be more in that vein and it is not at all really.
2: Yeah, I almost think it's hard to compare Thunderbolts and Suicide Squad in some regard because that Thunderbolts team is interesting like their heroes are just a little more gray but there are the thunderbolt stories that i've read um the one that we read for uh, a previous podcast and then we also read one i read something for king in black i read their issues on that too and it was more strictly villains and in that light i'm going to be honest i think when the thunderbolts try to do that it bothers me because i feel like they're trying to cop out and follow what suicide squad does and i don't like that i feel like it's like okay you're
0: but even that and even that Thunderbolt squad, which was led by Taskmaster, was a team of people with questionable morals fighting for to keep the world safe to some extent. Whereas yeah. I don't think the majority of the suicide squad's adventures involve their brain bombs being turned off and still fighting to save people. I think they're typically just mind controlled, which takes, like you said, the interesting conversation that can be had about. Working your way back towards redemption. I mean, I think the biggest part of working towards redemption is the choices you made. And then the biggest vacuum there is in Suicide Squad is they're not really making their choices a lot of the time. And I think that's why it falls flat for me personally.
1: I do think that this was a good series just off of that um, because it does give them the opportunity to, to choose for themselves because they don't have the collar. So when we're talking. Generally, uh, of Thunderbolts and of Suicide Squad, you probably can't make this argument. But for the, for the sake of this podcast, we'll just focus on this specific series and focus on the characters being able to make those decisions. Because um, I did think it was interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and to see them, for the most part, overall, making the right decisions uh i did think that that was kind of cool and probably pulled them closer to what the thunderbolts how the thunderbolts would react in in that instance Um, it was
0: it was definitely the human element that started to bring them back i mean you saw it was kind of hack's death being unjustified that got harley to kind of you know work herself up to like a righteous anger you would say and i think the only kind of visible step they took towards redemption in this five series, five issue arc was kind of like, we may be bad guys, but we're a crew. You know, and that's a step in the right direction, right? They're not so they're not like isolated terrorists anymore. You know they care about each other. And then I'm sure we're we're watching you know Harley on in lots of different forms of media progress to care about more people and more people to the point where she's barely even a villain anymore. And this is probably the infancy of that.
1: So with that, I do want to kind of go over a couple of the characters. Um, some are going to be pretty obvious. Others we may disagree on. But as far as redemptive arcs in this series, um, what do you guys think? We'll start, I guess, with a, an easy one but a hard one just because we don't know a lot of her background, but Hack. Um and I bring her up because there is an instance in the panel where I can't remember who says it, but they basically tell hack that, you know, she's not a bad person. Like she's good. And she actually gets emotional about it. Um, I wish I would have done a little more research because I do think that there's actually some, some significance to that. Um, so what do you guys think with her kind of being a martyr, where would you put her on, on the scale of, of being a good character and, if she was able to redeem herself?
2: So um, I'm I'm gonna be uh, honest here and break <laughs> break this a little bit. I'm just doing more research on her right now because again, I didn't know much about the character beforehand and I'm realizing why she's a pretty new character. Um, it even looks like, if I'm not mistaken, she, she only appears in 19 issues in all of comics continuity. And we've seen her in four of those. So that tells you kind of an idea of where she's at. Um, but it basically looks like she grew up in a slum and worked for in the Sun due to her situations. And that's when she discovered her powers and kind of got got mixed up and got into Bell Reef. So with that in mind, I doubt she was that evil. It seems more like she's a result of the um, the situation that she grew up in. So I think because of that, it's hard to classify her as a villain because, okay, she did that when she was growing up, she went to prison, she joined a suicide squad and did good things as a team. And I felt like her motives, and um, she may have had the bomb, but I never felt like she was on the same level as the other villains. I always felt like she genuinely wanted to do the right thing. Am I wrong in that? Or did you guys get that same vibe? Like I, I could know. see her being I don't Sorry, know, if I she could... had a bomb. Yeah. Like I could no, see her doing did. good things with the, with the Justice League too. Like I, I wouldn't have questioned her on the Justice League if she was on that type of team.
1: I guess it'd be interesting to find out what what caused her to be on the Suicide Squad. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. She definitely leans more good. Um, I just thought maybe I was hoping maybe there's a little more for the sake of this argument, I guess, um, because she, she did show emotion when they said that she was a good person. So, um, yeah, that, that might've been an easier one. Any thoughts, Trey, on that?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't done the requisite research, but I don't think she was, I don't think she was on the suicide squad so much as she was like Harcourt and, you know, kind of managed it. I mean, she seemed to be given more free reign. She, you know, was injured in that attack by Jane and then Harcourt was like, hey, you know, you need to take it easy. Why don't you go rest? You know, she was basically a drill sergeant with everybody else. And she's like, hey, you need a break. Why don't you go take a break? So I, I think, yeah, I kind of assumed she was a bona fide hero until that scene leading up to her death where somebody said, you know, you're a hero. And she kind of cried. So I was... It was news to me that she didn't consider herself one already.
1: That's pretty good. With – oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: And going back to our discussion with Eddie Brock and what it means to have redemption markets to do something to redeem yourself and then get get recognition for it. So if we're following that same formula, it seems like she had a pretty decent redemptive arc. Again, it's one of those cheap ones because then she dies, which is like, oh, my gosh, can't you just let people <laughs> redeem themselves and then just keep living? Like, I hate the whole death repentance idea of it all, but at least she did get her redemption.
1: True. Yes. Now, with we'll go more middle ground on this one with Deadshot and Harley, because I feel like they're very similar. They have a very similar um, path arc in this in this series. Um, specifically Deadshot, because you do, for the first half, or I guess more than the first half, um, you do get the sense that he is a traitor and he betrayed the team, but then you find out that he was actually doing it on the orders of Amanda. um, And then you also get the touch of his personal life with his daughter. So where do you guys see him in this?
0: Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting in kind of a very much a knives out kind of trying to trying to throw you a curve then trying to uncurve it and by throwing you another curve um i liked the i liked it in concept except there was nothing to go off of to kind of solve that on our own and he you know ex, you know him repeatedly saying that waller would never let him be with his daughter and never let him be with his daughter and then at the end killing um rustam and being like yeah, you said I could be with my daughter, but so did Waller, and it's like, well, if you if you had given me any indication that that was happening or something as a reader, it would have more weight. But all he did was rant for like half an issue about how she would never let him be free, and it's like, well, actually, that's not even true. So like, the, it just the payoff was never there because they didn't build it up right. Honestly, it was weightless. It was just a big gotcha thing where you didn't you weren't given any of the tools with which to work with and you're just like oh well this is exciting I guess like I don't know I mean there's nothing there's no meat here Kinda-
2: I, I think they missed it like what you're talking about because they talk about his daughter which with Floyd Lawton that's how you're going to get people to relate to him is talk about how much he loves his daughter and talk about how much he wants to be with her and I felt like they tried to do that but the it goes back to that same idea with the narrative that they kept telling you how much he wanted to be with his daughter instead of like showing you why he wants to be with his daughter like why don't you show them in a flashback why don't you show them together having more moments and so you start to feel like okay i want this relationship to be resolved and i never the payoff wasn't there like you're saying because i mean he's at his best when it's oh floyd lawton's doing this most of the time in other comics and in other series that i've seen him in he's usually doing it because he's saying okay i can get my sentence reduced and be with my daughter sooner And they don't really tie into that very much in this. So Deadshot's one of my favorite characters on Suicide Squad, if not my favorite character. Um, And they really didn't do him justice, in my opinion, in these, it's only five issues. So who knows what happens later on, but in this arc, I didn't see it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I do feel like it was a bit of like the easy route, easy way out, Um, especially with the explanation at the end of how Amanda was able to supposedly survive um with dead shots perfect shot and then enchantress being able to kind of like suspend her in like this lifeless but still alive body um it just felt like really really lazy writing or like pinning yourself in a corner where it's just like it's just unrealistic but you have to go that way because nothing else could could occur
0: even if you had seen like something green flowing off of her and been like, "Oh, I wonder what that is. I wonder if it, she's really dead. I wonder, like, give me something to work with," and then they're just like, "Poof, magic off-panel." She had this whole setup. You should have known, the reader. And it's like, wait, what? Like, there's no amount of comic book knowledge or or investment in this story could have ever led me to know that that was a possibility. So but,
2: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean I just I think I guess to wrap up that idea, I think like if it had been something where it's like, oh, an avid I mean, this is where I think they need to take more risks. It should have been something where like an avid enchantress fan would have recognized a symbol or something and been like, Oh, boom, I bet enchantress is involved. Maybe this isn't what it looks like. But this was just flat out. We're gonna tell you she's dead, we're gonna watch another issue happen, and then we're gonna tell you she's not dead, and you're gonna thank us for it, and you're gonna buy all of our variant covers.
2: (laughs) So here's the biggest issue with it that i have comic books are known for being so tropey and for falling into these same problems of death doesn't mean anything which is true over the long term of comics people are going to come back to life but to do that over three issues nobody (laughs) like you are diminishing all weight that we have with somebody's death and you're making it even less likely that we're going to care if a character dies in the future So anytime a character dies and comes back that quick, I'm like, you guys are not helping the cause. Like, let them die at least a year. Like, if you're going to be brave enough to kill them, actually have it have some weight. I get they're going to come back, but give other characters a chance. Let them have their their time in the spotlight and kill them off for a a decent timeline, not just, oh, we're going to kill them and then bring them back two minutes later.
0: Well, and I think I, I completely agree with you 100%. And I think they thought they were being clever because they kept talking about how Boomerang was just brought back. And it's like, that just makes it like, it lands even less because you're like, all right, Waller's dead. But they clearly have established, even without reading any buildup, that they can bring people back to the de- from the dead. I bet you that happens with Waller. I mean, like, that's that's
1: just lame. <laughs> yeah, as far as storytelling, definitely definitely missed on quite a few marks with that. Um, in contrast with Harley's arc, because it's very similar to Deadshot, I do think it lands a lot better. I actually really liked Harley in this series personally. Um, the PD you kind of mentioned with Deadshot that there's no kind of emotional investment with the reader to Deadshot. They don't show any flashbacks. They don't show any flashbacks with Harley, but they do show a lot of emotions. Um, especially when she finds out that Deadshot was the traitor because she took it personally. It wasn't because he's a bad guy. She, she let him know that, you know, that it surprised her and yeah, it hurt her emotionally. And then there is this kind of hint at the fact that her and Rick Flagg kind of have a thing, um, which really isn't important, but I, I will say that I think that alone kind of humanizes Harley Quinn a little bit because she does mention that she's he's not the guy that she would typically go after. so i just I just feel like if anything, that just makes her even more human, so that you relate to her more. And then on top of the on top of that, the actions that she took without knowing the outcome without knowing what was behind um, with what was going on with Amanda and with Deadshot. Um, it just really shows her her morals and her uh, commitment to change happen.
0: Yeah, and you're seeing it happen so much slower and more organically. Which, even if we complain in other podcasts about how she's becoming, you know, a good guy and she's oversaturated, at least that that evolution is taking years. Which I I can respect that. If they want to make Harley Quinn a good guy and five years from now it's going to be ancient history that she was once evil, I can get behind that because you committed to the process. Whereas, yeah, if you rush it and it's any more than a glimpse, you know, and it's giant character-improving moments every panel, it's hard to buy into.
2: Yeah, off of that, what you're talking about the oversaturation is funny with Harley because – I've been kind of thinking about this and this series made me think about it even more. When I think of oversaturated characters and we talk about Batman and we talk about the Joker characters like that, um, it's like the Batman when the pearls fall off of his mother's necklace, right? Like that scene is, we don't wanna see it anymore. We don't wanna see Uncle Ben die in Spider-Man. And so you get these oversaturated characters and what I'm getting at with Harley that's interesting is every time I see her in something though, I still enjoy it. Like everything I've seen Harley in in the past, two years even Birds of Prey which didn't do great I thought Holly did a good job at it like there's some good scenes in it I obviously her show on HBO Max and DC Universe did great still doing great her series are doing well so it's funny because I I agree that she's oversaturated but I'm still there for her stories and I'm still there for a lot of what's going on and this honestly just confirmed that and made me question my own my own critiques of her in the past because I like her a lot I think she anchors this story and she really cares about people. Like the way she reacts about Hack's death, you can tell that she genuinely is hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll say you, you convinced me a little bit. I, I I'll I'll walk back some of what I said about Harley, because she is I do I do also enjoy her, even though I think she's everywhere. But yeah, no, I mean you're right. I enjoy it. I do think that she while she's flawed, she definitely cares about people. And that's probably why she will come to retain herself. So yeah, conv- consider me convinced. Thank I'm going to dress up as Harley for Halloween next year. <laughs> Never
2: mind. I don't want to convince you then.
0: <laughs> no, no, you yeah. win. You're right. You got it. <laughs> This is your gift. My gift, my gift to you. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And then to go on the other side of that spectrum, with Amanda, she is a government agent. She puts these collars on villains. So there's kind of this gray area attached to where Amanda may fall on this spectrum because she's, you can make the argument that she's doing the greater good for the country or the people around her, but her actions are very unethical (laughs) obviously so what are you guys' thoughts on Amanda and specifically in this series the way she went about it um, especially because she, she was totally okay with the ramifications of this, um, Rutman and his his group killing innocent people, including politicians, good leaders. Um, yeah, what are, what are you guys' thoughts? I guess.
0: Well, okay. Actually, I have an intro question. Is is Amanda Waller offering? shortened sentences or freedom or anything for their service
2: yeah so the part of the task force x is that they will get shorter sentences
0: okay i'm a little bit more on board with the entire thing if that's the case uh, i wasn't 100 percent sure all i remembered from either panels or the movies was kind of her threatening food blow their brains up or give them the chair or extend their sentence so i didn't realize that a potential shortening of that was on the table i'm a little bit more on board with it in that sense she is i texted pd she's like cecil if you removed most of the personality and really any visual struggle with the morality of what she's doing And I think that's just another point in Invincible's call for me, whereas you've got Cecil using people that he knows are bad to do the greater good, and he struggles with it. And you get panels with that, and you get conversations with that, and you get him openly acknowledging that he has sacrificed his own morality to protect other people. All I get from Amanda Waller for the most part is just an extreme arrogance. And I don't relate to her at all. I don't find myself admiring her sacrifice, or, you know, I just don't like her.
2: Yeah, and I don't know. Her and Cecil is a good conversation to have. I think it's it's hard because, I mean, a man, Cecil, I'm pretty sure Art Kirkman was inspired by Amanda Waller to some extent with his creation of Cecil because it's very similar. He's very much sacrificing his own morality, as you mentioned. I do think one of the biggest differences is you. I feel like you see Cecil pay the consequences a lot more. You see him deal with the deaths of a lot of people. Um, at one point in the comics, he I don't want to spoil too much, but he captures a Viltramite that was already defeated and brings him basically back to health because he thinks he can use him and it comes back to bite him in the butt. So, like, you see him face that. And with Waller, I don't think she cares about people, she just uses them as pawns, basically. Whereas I feel like Cecil, you actually get more of an exposition of him with other characters. Um, When Amanda Waller gets into the scene, it's always just her versus the Justice League, her being a jerk to the Suicide Squad. And so I wonder if we were able to see maybe more of her backstory as to why she is this way, because they've kind of just let her settle into the Suicide Squad without giving her much room to go somewhere else. And I'd like to see her maybe have a chance to be a hero and show that she does have a good side when she's put in this right situation. But it's just not there.
1: Yeah, I'm... You know, they introduced her children in this. And I don't know if that whole... adding them in there was to kind of, like, soften the fact that she was so heartless and is so cold. But, man, I mean... To, in one hand, you look at that and you're like, well, that's kind of an asset, especially dealing with villains. Like, you you probably do have to be that ruthless and that cold. But then on the other hand, it's like, especially when you see what happens at the end, she was, she was totally apathetic towards the fact that literally innocent people could have died and probably did die um, outside of what we saw. And yeah her argument was well it's for the greater good but it's uh i feel like that's a bit of a stretch um especially going about the way she did with killing herself to protect her own kids but to you know take herself out of the situation for her own kids but not willing to do that for completely innocent people that also have their own probably families probably their own kids
0: she I mean, in her kind of final monologue, she claimed that only bad people were killed, and that she was double, triple, quadruple crossing the bad guys and manipulating everything, which again was just oozed with arrogance and not like a fun kind of arrogance, like a, like a you're the worst. Like I, (laughs) I literally, as he lay there dying, and he was like, "You really are from hell," or whatever. I was like, I'm kind of on Rustum's side, like. If he hadn't been releasing prisoners, right? Because that's obviously a line that he crossed that I can't relate to. But he was cleansing corruption from the government. And again, not I don't I'm not supporting, you know, obviously killing anyone and not corrupt politicians. But between the two people who killed to accomplish their goals, you know, there's an argument to me that that Waller is corrupt and he was cleansing the corruption. And it was just like I don't like either one but I might like him more than I like her. And I was like, that's not when you're, I don't think that's what they want at that point. And I think they just threw the kids in there. So they were like, they were like, all right, we're going to kill her. And then the next artist that had to do with this problem that Waller was dead was like, Oh shoot. What if nobody cares? Cause we hate Waller. He's like, all right, all right, let's give her three kids. No one's ever met before. All right. all right. <laughs> she has kids. She must not have been a horrible human being. I was like, well, that's not true. It didn't change anything for me.
1: <laughs> so would you guys say that Amanda is the most evil character in this series
2: I knew you were going to ask that and I was trying to think of the answer beforehand I was like I bet that's where he's going to go with this and I still don't know what to say with it like I want to say yes but then I'm like but she I mean it goes back to this idea of the means justifying the end and so I don't know if she's justifying what she's doing, so I, I don't have an answer for you. That's my that's my politician answer. I, mean, I just don't have an answer.
1: She I mean, she does have Zod, and she's going to, the last we saw, uh, she's going to Lex Luthor. Um, I don't know if you guys know what's what comes not. next. So,
0: but. Lex is
2: a weird one at this point, too, because at this point in comics, Lex is actually um he's working with superman a lot he has like an iron man-esque suit with the superman symbol on it so that's even weirder right now zod keeping him hostage and using him is that's uh that's
0: pretty bad oh, so. well so to your original question she's really close to being the most evil but considering we got no motive behind anything that harcourt did i would have to say she's probably the most evil but also the comic didn't make me try to make me like her, which make me like Waller less. Right. The comic is like, yeah, Waller's probably evil, but like, Hey, you like her by her action figure. Whereas like Harcourt was just evil. So it didn't bother me. Um, Whereas Waller really rubs me the wrong way. Uh, Not a fan at all.
1: Yeah. I think that, I think that's a fair argument. Um, Especially because if you look at this in a vacuum, you take Boomerang, Deadshot, Harley, um, any of the other suicide uh, members, you could argue that they're way worse than Amanda. But if you're just taking it from this series itself, I do think that Amanda, maybe not the worst, but definitely in the top two. So with that, there is a sense of emotional kind of, there is a sense of emotion that weighs into how we perceive certain characters. And even though they may not entirely be evil, just the sheer weight of their personalities can really influence us and in how we see them. And so I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing that I took away from this series is I consider Amanda evil because I personally don't like her. Now, did she get the job done? Absolutely, she did. And she was able to get rid of the secret society, the people or whatever. And so in that sense, I guess you could say she accomplished the mission and she's a hero. Um, but you relate so much more with Harley and a little bit with Deadshot, obviously not as much, a lot with Hack, but then as we established, she's probably not as evil as we think she is. And so there's kind of this, this disconnect. And I think that it just goes back to the episode where we talked about, you know, anti-heroes, where it's it's so hard. It's so hard to pinpoint these characters and just kind of pin them down to one kind of label um, or that they sit on this scale 100% of the time. Um, it's not necessarily true. So kind of transitioning from that, So obviously, as we're having this conversation, especially with Amanda, there is this appeal of, well, and the Suicide Squad, obviously, there is this appeal of having villains acting as heroes, right? Um, I do think, even though this, for me personally, and I think you guys would agree, this wasn't my favorite series to read, I do think that there were certain elements in it, like Harley, that I did enjoy. And that kind of made me look at this conversation a little differently. Um, So what do you guys think is the appeal in general of having villains acting as heroes? And are there any examples that you guys can think of and why they work so well or maybe why they don't work so well?
0: I think it comes back to a lot of what we talked about with anti-heroes being more relatable. And while Harley Quinn isn't... I don't think a lot of people look at Harley Quinn and think like, "Oh yeah, I have, you know, a lot of the same issues she does." But by being flawed, we relate to someone who who we either feel is similar to us or we feel we're better than. Um, and I think by seeing, "Oh, Harley is way worse person than me," and she can redeem herself, we see, you know, we subconsciously make a similar comparison and like okay I too can you know start making better choices and be redeemed plus you know if, if it's a likable character we, we just we, we we want to see them turn it around and they can tease us with it over a very long period of time and sell us a lot of comic books
2: yeah I I think the appeal for me comes in to play more when it's I don't like it when the villain flip-flops to good and then back to evil because I think we see that sometimes What I like more, what I find more appealing is when the villain and the hero work together to fight a common enemy. I think that's usually more interesting um, because you know, okay, the villain's not going to magically turn good and change his mind. Um, One of my favorite panels from this is actually in one of the Deceased series, uh, which is basically an Elseworlds where there's DC zombies. And it sounds ridiculous, but it's amazing. Um, And there's a scene where Superman is basically talking to Batman about something, and then Lex comes up out of nowhere and starts just bawling and just says, like, how... He goes up to him and says, how can we save our people? And it makes you think, like, okay, Lex wants to rule his people, but Lex still cares about his world and he wants to figure out how to save them from this dark side virus that's taking over. And so that moment for me hit me pretty hard because it was like, okay, it gives you more insight as to what these real motives are when you see a villain who will go against their their power struggle or their desire to rule basically um and is willing to work with their sworn enemy to do something they're usually not for to accomplish something together because they have a common enemy or a common goal i think that's when it really hits me hardest because i'm like yeah that's that's cool i don't have to worry about them trying to make it seem like lex luther suddenly a good guy and had some magical change of heart because this is comic that's not going to happen I I I appreciate it more when it's okay. It, it's just for the moment but it gives you more of an idea of what these heroes are actually after and gives you more insight into what their
0: goals are. Yeah, the the actions fall within the scope of like what's believable yeah. for them. It just happens to be more pleasing to us because we yeah. agree with them for once. I totally agree. I think that makes for way better way better comic, way better movie. Um way to fl- it's a way to flesh out the character without forcing us to suspend disbelief like yeah. Like the Joker barely ever would work with Batman, but it's intriguing to see that um, post credit scene after Justice League extended cut where yeah. they are working together. And they it's a pretty good example of it, too, where he basically says, I hate you, you hate me, we're going to work. We have a standing agreement, gentleman's agreement, to work together until X is accomplished, at which point we'll go back to whatever weird bromance we have where we pretend we <laughs> like they, got yeah, and they,
2: <laughs> they do that in not dark knight's death metal but in the precursor in dark knight's metal when the batman who laughs is the big villain at the very end joker comes and helps batman to fight batman who laughs and it was like oh. joker was like you think i want someone crazier than me in this world how am i gonna handle that and so they fight <laughs> together and it's like that was good like i appreciate that type of narrative because it's not joker pretending like he's a good guy it's like no this guy's more insane than i am and he's as smart as you batman like we can't have this guy running around so i appreciate that a lot more yeah
1: and i think with character development it's so hard to establish uh, a character's personality and morals and then to completely neglect that because it's built up for over years decades right to completely neglect that outside of a vacuum it's it's just too hard to to relate to too hard to believe yeah and so i do i do agree with you that i think the the best kind of formula i guess for for villains acting as heroes is when they do team up and they fight against a greater evil or in the case of um a lot of characters like in pop culture I guess, like, Severus Snape comes to mind. It's when there's something that's deeply, deeply rooted, um, and he's kind of, with his situation, he's put in a situation that he, he can't back out of, right? And so, um, again, that goes back to just character development and just being able to write it really, really well. And shocker, not all comics, series are going to land with that, with character development, especially when you're trying to change characters. So... I do agree with you on that. There was something interesting that I came across kind of to to just wrap wrap up this conversation. Um, there's this argument that in, in comics and in pop culture that villains act and heroes react. And there's this quote that I really liked that said, that's the problem with heroes, really. Their only purpose in life is to thwart others. They make no plans, develop no strategies. They react instead of act. Without villains, heroes would stagnate without heroes villains would be running the world heroes have morals villains have work ethic and i thought that was pretty awesome that's a really good quote and i i believe i forgot to to write down where that was from but i believe it's actually from uh a recent avengers comic series um i could be wrong but I thought that was awesome especially the last part heroes have morals villains have work ethic so where do you guys think that that how does that tie into specifically this series burning down the house
2: yeah so really quick i want to say so that comes from i just looked up the comic it's called the last avenger story so you know it so that's deficient of the story um that quote is incredible. Like, if I could give you a standing ovation for finding it, I think that's the perfect way of describing this relationship between the two and the never of comics is villains do something bad. Comics try to resolve it because of the hero doing something good. I think it fits in with this, because again, they're reacting a lot to this revenge. I th- think Suicide Squad tries to play on that and Thunderbolts too with this idea of, okay, well, what happens if we try to be proactive? But once you start getting proactive heroes, then you start getting into the conversation that you get in Avengers Endgame when um, War Machine is like, well, why can't we go back in time and kill Thanos as a baby? And everyone just kind of looks at him like, you're a terrible human being. It's like, that's where we draw the line. And it's it, it's a funny conversation to have is once a hero becomes proactive, they're going to start doing questionable things because you're, you're – Judging somebody
0: for something they haven't done yet. Well, um, I'll be honest. That that's an interesting route that you went there. In my mind, didn't didn't go the same route. Although I think it's it's relevant if time travel is on the table. I think you're right. You've yeah, a completely slippery slope. So the underlying issue I believe to what you're referring to is is really um, conflict of jurisdiction. And I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember which podcast topic it was, but we talked about how heroes are reactionary and how they're just returning everything to the status quo. You break it. I fix it. Then I go live my life until you break it again. And I think personally, and we don't need to fall down the rabbit hole of who was right in civil war or not, but I think Tony Stark's approach to civil war was an example of someone saying, okay, we're at the status quo. Nothing's broken. Let's make things better. And then you had people that said, no, that's not your call. You're not in charge. Who made you the boss? And I think that's completely valid. Because, again, they're just superheroes. They only get our trust when they're fixing something that we want to go away. And I think My Hero Academia is dealing with this in a super, super intense way right now, basically, where the manga is, is everything has hit the fan and nobody wants heroes anymore to some certain extent. Because you know they've lost their trust and they we only trust them to stop the bad guys and then when the bad guys are gone and we can all go back to work we want to see you again you know who are you you're not the boss i mean you can't tell me what to do until until you're saving my cat from the tree so i yeah, think i think i think it's yeah. a flaw that they're reactionary but i think society would dictate that that's the only way that they're allowed to operate
2: So with that, when a hero runs for office and is put in a mayor position, we see that in DC and in Marvel with like Green Arrow or Daredevil. Do you think now that qualifies them to be able to have more of a say in the conversation and actually being more proactive? Because I think what you and I are saying is on the same page of they just react to problems rather than being proactively trying to stop a problem from happening. One, if they're given that public office, does that now give them a right to have
0: more, more of a well, say in what happens? I, don't, I can't think of an example where someone was elected to a government position as their alter ego. Like, he was elected as Oliver yeah. Queen, so he didn't have jurisdiction as the Green Arrow. I'm personally more of a fan of some kind of, like, independent contractor agreement where Green Arrow is is essentially licensed or authorized by Star City to work on their behalf. Now that gets gray because he may not agree with them, but if you had some kind of contract agreement, he can stop when he says, hey, I don't like where this is going. Uh, I'm gonna end our end our agreement right now. And that's, I think that does happen periodically in comics. I think that is one of the things that I like about Batman is he kind of does have that. Um, It does get gray though if Batman wants to do something that the city doesn't approve of. So again, you're always gonna have that power dynamic but I think the closer you can get to some kind of structure and agreement, that's the that's as that's the ideal.
2: Yeah. So so if I can if I can piggyback off of that really quick. So I agree with you. I think like you don't see Oliver Queen. You see him as the mayor, and you see Green Arrow still in the shadows. Um, one thing I'm reading right now that's really interesting is a character I haven't read much about, but it's uh, President Superman. I've been reading a little bit about him, and he's Superman, but he's also has this political position. And it gives them the power to be more proactive and to make these calls. But then the, the conversation becomes, well, now you're you're overstepping your boundaries and using your power to get into a power of politics. Like if Superman said, I'm going to be a leader of the world, no one's
0: going to stop her. In Red Sun. And I think that yeah. does a really good job of illustrating the problem with it is yeah. you so, overstep. And there's no one to check you at that point.
2: Yeah, and I I think superheroes, I think the ultimate thing we're trying to get back to is this idea of although we'd like to see superheroes be more proactive. It isn't really in their nature and isn't really in their jurisdiction. Would you guys agree with
0: that? 100%.
1: Yeah, it almost creates like this paradox because then it's yeah, <laughs> you can be a, you can either be a hero and. Everyone's OK with you saving them when they need saving but then it's like as soon as you become a politician that's when you're actually almost restricted in in what you're able to do as far as infrastructure and 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 building up so it it, it definitely is an interesting conversation so we we just read a series with the suicide squad mainly because the suicide squad movie came out um None of us have watched it yet, but I do think eventually when we do watch it, this will be kind of a good foundation to to build upon and see how... Because what I've heard is James Gunn just did an unbelievable job um, with the Suicide Squad, especially with such ambiguous and like pointless villains like Polka Dot Man, um, how he's able to pull something out out of that that you can relate to um,
0: <laughs> and he could be the best character like every, i haven't seen much but everything i've seen yeah. says that he's the character
1: hey
2: James gonna make me fall in love with a raccoon a tree i mean if he can make me fall in love with an inanimate tree that can say three words i, I don't put it past him to make me fall in love with a guy that can shoot polka dot bombs and stuff out of his suit
1: all right well thanks guys for joining us on this podcast we hope that you um, are able to take the discussion and learn something from it be a better person Thank you. In <laughs> the words of
0: our hero sam wilson be better
1: and like that the world changed